0: good at chopping wood, Um, but you know, and stacking wood. Yeah, I'm good at that too. So tonight what I want to do is uh, I'd love to pray for some people. I got a message that I'm going to share in a moment that uh, you may have heard elements of it before. Uh, I I wrote it last night. I I was heading in a direction, then I just threw that out and uh, wrote what I wanted to, to bring tonight to really set up for uh, some ministry here tonight. That's why I don't want you to switch off. I don't want you to get out of that incredible anointing that the worship team and Pastor Corey have set up. And uh, so I may just pray for some people along the way, if that's okay. And um, just uh, we'll just just see where we're going to uh, go from here. But I saw Josiah. He was, he's, he's moved. Don't, don't move on me, people, because I get really confused. Um, is your wife here? I know your kids are here, but is your wife here? Okay. Um, So I I don't usually do this, but I wrote down some words this morning because uh, they were just coming to me. And I, you know, usually I just roll with it, but I I just found a bit of a download this morning. And um, uh, often I find that people that I have a word for Uh, I'm not even in the building they're in the church, but they're not even in the building and uh, so if they're not here tonight They're not going to get it and I'm not going to write it down And I'm not going to email it to them You got to be in the house to get it because there's something in the impartation But Josiah there's actually two things that I want to say over you is the first of all I uh, I saw uh, jewels and I, I saw you bringing jewels into the house of God, and I don't know whether that is literal finance or that is just something in the anointing and the presence of God, but I see, saw you bringing a richness into this house, into the house of God. and something that uh, God is going to put on your life and use you to enrich the house. And uh, the other thing is, is, is when your daughters were were running across the stage this morning, running across here. I thought, who are those kids, you know? And and I found out they're yours, right? And there is something, have you got two daughters? Three. Okay, I only saw two. But um, there is something uh, on your daughter's life uh, that uh, is gonna manifest itself in the days to come. There's like, I don't know if it's an anointing or a gifting. I just see your uh, wife in particular uh, has been, believing and praying for something over your kids that uh, is going to come to pass. Like I said, I don't know whether that's spiritual uh, or that is a talent or a gifting or something. But as they walk past, uh, I thought, I've got to find out who they belong to because there is something on their life. Now, I could say that over every child because there's something special over every child's life. But I just need to uh, connect it back to you, particularly your wife is believing for something that God wants to bring to pass in their life. And i um, so there's a couple of other things I want to pray for tonight. I feel a bit strange. I'm not going to pray for healing, but I did see somebody with a bow. I mean, why you know, why come to a, a house that's got a healing evangelist, pastor, preacher? prophet apostle you know operating why come there and pray for somebody to get healing i did see a bowel uh somebody with a bowel issue and uh, if you come tonight uh it's like a restriction it's like a uh, something anyway uh like almost a twist and i'm going to get past the courier to pray for you <laughs> So i'm going to check it out but uh if that's you also um just to let you know where we're going to go, I, I, I want to pray for the single people tonight. And I uh, also want to pray for the business people tonight. Um, I want to pray for the kids tonight. Uh, we're going to pray for some people tonight. And uh, I also want to pray, if you are confused... Um, and I don't mean dazed and confused. I just mean, if you're confused in an area of your life, uh, I saw like a cl- <laughs> it's funny, uh, <laughs> and now I think about it, it's funny, but this morning I saw like a cloud being rolled back and, uh, confusion lifting off some people's lives, uh, which was very strange because this afternoon we went for a walk and a cloud came in and, and it snowed on us and we got very confused. So this is going to be the reverse of that, um, also, uh, I don't know, do, you, do we have a, a, a Richard and a Philip in the church and in, in, in anywhere? We've got a Richard, okay, you've got, you got a Richard, we've got a Richard, okay, I prayed for you before, haven't I, yep, cool, uh, is there any Philip around, um, sometimes, you know, you sort of, uh, no Phillips, not yet, okay, Philip's coming, uh, <laughs> Uh, sometimes there's a connection, and I haven't quite put that connection together. It might be, you know, married to a Philip, or uh, you're a Philippa, or something like that. But anyway, we'll we'll pray for a few. So we're going to pray for some people uh, as we go along. Also going to pray for the Hillary family. Uh, and not just the Hillary, not just, you know, like, I want the whole clan, um, you know, people you're married to, um, you know, uh, the whole wide thing, you know, people you've kissed, uh, all of those people, we want them all here. Uh, I'm going to pray for them all because... <laughs> so, so let's get into the Word tonight. That's the clock over there. I just need to look where... I'm going to ignore it. No, I'm not. Hey, uh, so I, I came down a week ago, came down to preach in Belcluther, and uh, then I was going to fly home on Monday. But then, of course, uh, lockdown in Auckland happened and I, I needed to be back for uh, tonight and I knew that if I went home that I wasn't going to get back so uh, my flight was cancelled anyway so I've been down here for the week and uh, I can think of worse places to be stranded, uh, it's pretty good, I've been enjoying myself, loved my time down here with your incredible pastors and leadership team and people that I meet, you're, you're just wonderful people and uh, believing for great things for, for all of the South Island campuses by the way. But, uh, you know, I, I've been down here. I was thinking, you know, this is the adventure capital of the world. But, you know, while I've been away, there's been a level three lockdown in Auckland. Uh, there's been earthquakes up there. There's been tsunamis. So I think, uh, you know, Auckland is challenging Queenstown for the adventure capital of the world. It's uh, never a dull moment. I invite you to go there if you really want to live dangerously. And uh, like I said, you know, I, 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 I started writing a sermon last night because usually I would get a sermon together and I would come down and uh, I'd, look, I'd look at my, you know, my favorite sermons. And I'd go through, I'd read them and I'd see what God wants uh, for, uh, you know, the services I'm preaching. But, uh, you know, Janine is always challenging me to, to be more spontaneous. In fact, she's telling me all the time to get rid of my notes. I have some notes tonight. She said, get rid of your notes. How many people know it's good to listen to your wives? You know, you know, the the, the the scripture, you know, obey your wives and uh, you will live a long and prosperous life. Do you know that scripture? It's not a scripture, but it's a good, it's a good thing to live by. And uh, the scary thing is that in a lot of churches, there are a lot of Christians who don't read their Bibles and they would probably think that that was a scripture. And they would say things like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's like that other scripture, you know, happy wife, happy life, um, which, by the way, also isn't a scripture. Um, but of course, we know that most of the New Testament was written by the Apostle Paul, and he wasn't married. And so if he was married, I think those things would be in the Bible. He, uh, you know, but he wasn't married, and he wrote the Bible. And uh, I've got a scripture I'm gonna start off with tonight, That uh, 1 Peter 4.12. This is actually in the Bible, this one. And I wanna read from the Passion Translation. It says, Beloved friends, if life gets extremely difficult with many tests, Don't be bewildered as though something strange were overwhelming you. Beloved friends, if life gets extremely difficult with many tests, don't be bewildered as though something strange were uh, were overwhelming you. Verse 13, I'm gonna read this from the New Living Translation, Changing Translations, because I wanna bring out the point that I wanna touch on tonight. It says, instead, be very glad. Which is really counterintuitive, right? It's the opposite of what you think he should be doing when things are overwhelming you. It says, Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it's revealed to all the world. And I, I think that in this age of comfort and uh, and convenience, which has really come into the church as well. I mean, the church really uh, percolates in in society, and sometimes it picks up things that it shouldn't be picking up, and sometimes, uh, you know, it steps up and it it tries to change society. But I think a lot of comfort and convenience has come into the church. And because of that, there are a lot of Christians who genuinely get surprised when things go wrong in their life. I mean, they, they, they really taken back when something goes wrong. It's like, why is this happening to me? I'm a Christian, I love Jesus, uh, I, I, I tithe, I, I, I worship, I was there, you know, three out of five services. I'm, you know, why would God do this to me? I'm sure many of you have heard somebody ask the question, why do bad things happen to good people? You may have even asked that question yourself at some point of time. And, and I'm not gonna answer that question tonight, but I do want to speak to those who have found that life recently has been extremely difficult, and I'm, I'm talking um, extremely difficult beyond the fact that we are living in a COVID world, that there is a pandemic that is turning everything on its head. I'm just talking about difficulties that are beyond Either what you have experienced before or have pushed you to a place in yourself that you have never been before. A place where you feel literally like you are on the edge. A place that you literally feel you can't carry on. You don't know how to deal with it. You don't know how to navigate it. And I understand that there's been many things that have changed, particularly in Queenstown because of the time in which we're living in. And that might be part of it but it's beyond that. If that's you, I'm talking to you tonight. Uh, We all go through difficulties, but I'm talking about something that that has got a hold of you or or, or has got into you or you you will know what I'm talking about if that is you. I'm talking about issues, problems, let's call them struggles for the purpose of tonight's sermon that are beyond the normal hassles of life. Things that really are, are, are getting at you. And, and it's been a, a little overwhelming for you lately. I mean, like I said, coronavirus might have a part to play. It might have been the catalyst, but it's gone beyond that. And, and you know, you find yourself dealing with things that have almost, you know, taken you to that place, as I said, that you have never been before, pushing you right to the edge. And if I'm speaking you, to you tonight, then 1 Peter four twelve is for you. Let's read it again. It says, Beloved friends, if life gets extremely difficult, with many tests, don't be bewildered as though something strange were overwhelming you. Instead, be very glad. Don't be bewildered. Some translations say don't think it's strange or Or don't be surprised. Instead, be very glad. Why why should we be glad? Because there is a reason and a purpose for the struggle that you are dealing with right now. I can't explain this, but I have an overwhelming sense of a new season, of a new day, of something that is about to break forth in this campus in Balclutha campus and in Invercargill in Mount Wellington and North Shore Westgate Botany Tauranga New Zealand The world it may be getting very dark out there it may be getting very strange out there we may be living in new times that people are talking about a reset but you know God is up to something that he has not quite revealed yet but when he does it it's going to be good and it's going to be big And it's going to be quite surprising to some people. So for the next few minutes, I want us to take a look at the purpose of struggle because there's no mistake in God. You are not going through some things right now just because it just happens to be your time for some things to go wrong. There is a purpose and a reason for struggle. And I found that 30 years ago, When I came to City Impact Church, I literally went through two years where my life was falling apart, where I was sick, where uh, I was confused, where I was depressed, where everything that I had built in my life was falling to pieces. Everything that I had known was, was literally crumbling before my very eyes. And I thought, what on earth is going on? And then I started to step into City Impact Church and my destiny... And as soon as that happened, things started to turn around. There is always a struggle before there is an incredible breakthrough in life. So the purpose of struggle, how how God takes the struggles of life and uses them for our our benefit. And, And I wanna make a statement before we go any further that may change forever the way that you look at your problems. And that statement is, struggle is the key That opens the door to your promise. Struggle is the key that opens the door to your promise. Now, I realize that it is one of the keys that opens the door to the promises that God has spoken over your life. But if I said that, you know, struggle is a key that opens the door, it doesn't sound as good, does it? So for tonight, we're just going to say struggle is the door. Or that key that opens the door to your promise. I just wanted it to be more dramatic, you know, but you know what I mean. Now, generally, most people, most normal people like to avoid struggle. I mean, if you woke up this morning and prayed, God, can you make my life harder, please? You are weird and you need prayer. I don't think I've met anybody that has prayed that. Generally, we go to God and we pray for Him to make our life easier, for Him to make our life better, for Him to take us to a better place, to a a more prosperous place, to a more healthy place, to a more blessed place. We want God to make life easier, right? But what you have to understand is that many good things in life come as a result of a struggle. It's the precursor to breakthrough. It's, it's, you know, it's that zone that we have to go through before we really enter. In something, and, and often it's shrouded. Often it's, it's opaque. Often it's, we cannot see. It's misty. It's confusing. It's clouded. What is going on in my life? We can't see beyond it because God doesn't want you to see beyond it. He just wants you to go through it. He wants you to grow through it. And in there, you will find that things start to change. Things start to fall off. I, I, I had a terrible January, just terrible, just, just horrid. If I could take January and blow it up, I would do it. But in that time, God took some things that I didn't even realize that, that I was putting my faith in, my trust in, some physical things, some, some material things. And He did something in my heart. So at this point, I can honestly say that I don't actually care for those things anymore. He had to do a work in me. And I wish that He could just come and go, ding, and I'd be set free. But it doesn't always work. I had to struggle in order to get the breakthrough. Struggle brings breakthrough. I mean, you came into this world. You were born. Through struggle, if if you're a mother, you know what that's all about. Amen. You know, giving birth. <laughs> Pastor Corey is saying, "Amen." Giving birth for those of experience is not easy. Uh, the birth of our first child, Hunter, you know, was a harrowing experience. I, I think from memory that Janine found it pretty difficult too. But but you know, I, I remember it well because we were given. <laughs> The most annoying midwife that the hospital could find. I mean, she was, oh, I, I you know, they slapped, they, 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 you know, sort of smacked baby's bottoms. I wanted to slap her, you know. She was just terrible. First of all, this is our first job. She says, can, can I bring, a, uh, can I bring a, a trainee in to, you know, to observe and to be part of this, you know. Janine had been in labor for 33 hours by that stage. She just didn't care anymore. She, yeah, 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 bring all your mates, you know. She's just, come on in. Uh, and then, then she was so nice. And I, by so nice, I mean too nice. You know, some people that are just too nice. Everything was like soft voice. And, and you know, oh, you're doing such a great job. Oh, you're amazing. <laughs> You're incredible. You, 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 come on now, you can do this. It's gonna be okay. You know, it was like this for hours. Like, oh, come on now. You know, I mean, she was making me look bad. And then partway through, you know, Janine, again, if, you've, if, you've, if you're a guy and you've been in the birthing suite with your wife, you'll know what this is like. You know, Janine in this voice that I'd never heard before with her head, you know, rotating around, you know, she goes, I don't hear any encouragement coming from you. And I'm like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> it was just, it was horrible. Uh, you know, but through that experience, our first child was born. Now, our second child, Toby, it was totally different. He he literally popped out. I mean, you know, we we we, we only just made it to the hospital on time. I mean, that, that is the first and only time that he's been early in his entire life. But But when he was born... They brought in a specialist. They said, we need to get this child checked out because he was born so quickly. There was not enough struggle. He was not in the birth canal long enough to be squeezed and there was fluid in his lungs. It took a couple of days to to come out. You see, in the struggle, some things get done. Because there wasn't the struggle, Toby came out and and had lungs full of liquid, fluid. They had to check him and they had to look after him and in a couple of days' time, woo, out it came. Praise Jesus. There wasn't enough struggle. See, when butterflies, when, when, when they come out of their cocoon, and I don't know if you've ever seen this, but you know, there is a struggle. If you've ever watched the process, you know I, I've watched butterflies come out of cocoons. And it's like, ooh, ooh, are they gonna make it? It's not. You just wanna help them. But the thing is that it's in the struggle that the butterfly is prepared for flight. It's in the struggle and the squeezing and the fighting that the fluid is pushed into the wings and preps the butterfly for flight. When a rocket's launched, you know, the, the most energy, the most fuel, uh, one of the most dangerous times is when that rocket is taking off before it gets through the atmosphere, before it heads to where it's going, and that's why rockets have boosters on the side to help them overcome gravity that's why they have extra fuel tanks to get them there because they're burning more fuel to break free from gravity it's there's a shaking there's that that violence you know if you've ever watched movies or or clips with astronauts heading into space it's an incredibly difficult time there is a struggle to be set free from the pull from the earth struggle is not easy But struggle is essential for breakthrough in your life. It's essential in order for you to be set free. It's essential in order for you to go to the next level. It's essential in order for you to break through into something new in your life. So if you are finding you're currently in the middle of a struggle, don't be discouraged. Don't be despondent. In fact, you should be very glad because it may just mean that you're about to enter a new season of life. You you may be positioned on the verge of breakthrough, which is really great news. But I do need to say that at this point, not everybody who is poised for breakthrough, positioned for breakthrough, will break through. It's important that you get some things right. It's a critical time. I have seen people who have been saying, I know God's about to do something. They've literally been poised on the verge of breakthrough for years. It's like, I'm just waiting for the transition into the next season. But it never comes because they don't do what's necessary. They they sit, they wait for God. God's going to do something. Now there is a time for that. But we have a part to play as well. It's a critical time, just like that butterfly, just like the birth, just like the launching of the rocket. You know, what you do in this time will greatly affect the outcome of the coming season of your life. In fact, it will determine whether or not you make it into that next season. So for the next few minutes, and I'm not gonna uh, preach too long tonight because I wanna pray for some people, um, but I, I, I wanna just give you some points, three points to enable you to enter into your promise because you know I don't know what you've been taught or I don't know what you've experienced or I don't know what you truly believe but God fully wants you to enter into all that he has prepared for you the bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made which means you are prepared for something that god has for you and you alone something very unique and he wants you to have that so it's good to be reminded because how many people know that sometimes we know some things, sometimes they're very simple things, we know how it works, but we don't always put them into practice in our lives. So I just want to remind you tonight, and again, three very simple points just to remind you as you enter through this season. The first is, breakthrough takes time. Breakthrough takes time. and In fact, sometimes it takes a lot longer than we would like it to take. Uh, You know, God is not always in a hurry. I wish He was, because I am very impatient. Just ask my wife, just ask my kids. You know, I'm one of those guys that I I literally sit in the car when I'm ready to go somewhere, and and I'm like, I want to toot the horn. But I won't, because I don't want to be that guy. But on the inside, I am that guy. You know, God has His timing, which is not always... Our timing, And sometimes when we think it's urgent, God does not think it's urgent because He's looking at the big picture. He's looking down through time. We're looking at the time that we are existing in at that point. And I'm not saying that it always has to be a long time. In fact, I, I am totally believing that we are gonna see some very quick moves of God. We're gonna see God in the next season do some things very, very quickly, very decisively, very powerfully. But you... You need to understand that the timing of breakthrough for your life is His time and not your time. You know, we read about Noah in the book of Genesis. Uh, Noah got a word from God. He knew that the flood was coming, but they estimate that it took between 55 and 75 years to actually build the ark. That's about as long as some husbands take to change the door handle on the toilet. You know, or do something. Their, their wife is at fifty-five to seventy-five years. That is a long time to be waiting for something to happen. Joseph. Again, you can read about Joseph in in the book of Genesis. He, he's an incredible guy, but he had a dream. He knew what God had promised him that he was going to be a leader, that he was going to be somebody important. But Psalm one hundred and five, verse nineteen says, "Until the time came." To fulfill his dreams until the time came. The Lord tested Joseph's character. See, there is a perfect timing in God to every promise. The trick is to get your timing right. Second point tonight, as we move quickly through this, is that doubt is the enemy of promise. Doubt is is the enemy of your promise. Hebrews 6.12 says, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. So patience is required to overcome the obstacles of timing, but it's faith that is required to overcome the obstacles of doubt. And if you look through the Bible, many of the, great men and women of God had doubt. I mean, John the Baptist, uh, he was the cousin of Jesus. He'd grown up with Jesus. Uh, He'd he'd been told by God how he could uh, recognize the Messiah. And then he saw that play out before his very eyes. He knew that Jesus was the Messiah and yet he still sent his disciples back just to check. Hey, can you just check? Uh, Jesus, are you really? The one we've been waiting for? Doubt came into his mind. Uh, What about Thomas? He spent three and a half years. He was one uh, of of Jesus' disciples, one of his closest followers. Three and a half years following him. Literally living every day together, eating together, traveling together, talking together, being taught, seeing the miracles of Jesus. And, And yet he doubted the accounts from all the other apostles that Jesus had been crucified and and had risen again. Gideon, Gideon doubted God's call on his life. I mean, he had angels come to him. He, he had he he did tests the the fleece. You know, if it's wet and the grounds grounds dry, then you know you you're talking to me. I mean, he he really went to the nth degree. You know, he was like, you know, ticking all the the boxes, crossing the T's, dotting the I's. I just want to make sure. And yet he still doubted the call of God on his life. He just wasn't so sure. What about Abraham and Sarah, the the father of faith? They laughed. How could we have children? How could the promise of God come to pass in our life? So if these people had doubts, It's not beyond the the realm of possibility that you will have times when you doubt too. Doubts come. Doubts come to all of us. But the key to moving into your promise is to not allow those doubts to become the basis for your belief system. You know, too many people see their future through the lenses of past hurts and past disappointments. This is what's happened to me in the past. Therefore, that has set the pattern for my life. So why should I expect anything to be different? Just because something that you did or that you were believing for five years ago didn't turn out the way you thought it was gonna turn out, doesn't mean that God hates you. Doesn't mean that God's forgotten you. Doesn't mean that God isn't gonna change your tomorrow. It doesn't mean that you're unlucky. It doesn't mean that you you have to settle for second best in your life. You know, the, the fact that it didn't work out yesterday doesn't mean that it's not gonna work today. Don't let it become your doctrine. Too many Christians are believing a doctrine of loser, you know? Oh, man, you know, God's going to bless those guys. I, I I don't know. I've done something. I I have a lot of Christians come to me, not so many lately, but I, I have a, over my time in the church come to me, you know, ah, Pastor, I think I've committed the unpardonable sin because this is going on in my life. I'm like, no, no, you haven't. The fact that you're asking that question tells me that you have not committed the unpardonable sin. This is this is just a fight and if you can overcome this fight you're going to go to a whole new level in life. Doubts come and when doubt comes and they will attack it with faith. Speak promise over your life. You know get 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 every promise you can find in the word of God and there's somewhere between you know uh, some say Six thousand. Some say more than six thousand promises in the Word of God. Get hold of, you know, even five of them, and start speaking them over your life. Doesn't matter what your kids' grades are. Speak excellence over their life. It doesn't matter. You know, like we, you know, what it's like when you're a parent. (coughs) We're we're training our children. Um, You know, I'm training my boys to pick the towel up off the floor. Put it on the rack. We're doing well. It's only been three years. We've got it from the floor to the bench. I'm hoping in the next three years, we'll get it to the rack. You know, but sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes I despair and go, how are these young people gonna make it in the world? So, you know, I pray maturity. I pray authority. Authority. I pray excellence over my children. I pray favor. I just I'm constantly speaking everything that I do not see currently. Speak the promise, not the current reality. Speak the promise from the word of God until that doubt goes away. And say it out loud. Just keep keep praying it. Keep praying it. It'll, it'll do you good preach to yourselves. And finally, this goes hand in hand with doubt, but we need to be constantly reminded that promises often preceded by contradiction. Promises often preceded by contradiction. You know, every hero of faith in the Bible had to deal with the humiliation of contradiction before they received their breakthrough. Noah started building the boat before rain had ever hit the earth. You read Genesis, there was a mist that watered the earth. They'd never seen rain before. And here's Noah building a boat. People must have mocked him. What on earth? There's that crazy guy. What is he building? It's a boat. What does it do? It floats. Why does it, what does it float on? Water. Where's the water coming from? It's going to come from the sky and it's going to come out of the ground. You're a nut. Seventy-five years putting up with that. How stupid would he have felt? Job lost, I was telling Pastor Corey, I hate the book of Job. It's, it's, when I get to it, I'm like, Lord, do I have to go through this? It's just about as, as bad as going through something in your life. But, but I read it anyway. Job lost everything before he was given the double portion. You know, everyone, including his wife thought that it was over for him. Job, just give up. Curse God and die. It's never going to get better for you. The whole world, his whole world was saying, this is it. Your life is over. Humiliation often comes before breakthrough. Moses was called by God. He had an encounter at the burning bush. He was told to go back to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. They were in slavery. He was given miracles. He was given, you know, the, the rod. He threw it down. It turned into a snake. I mean, he had all the power. And yet, you know, every time he, he, he went to Pharaoh, thought he got the breakthrough, a miracle happened. Then Pharaoh backed down, and then his heart was hardened. And it was God that was hardening Pharaoh's heart. But, you know, every time, I mean, he was losing credibility with his own people. His own people were literally saying, you know, get out. You're making our life worse. He looked stupid in front of those he'd been sent to set free. Jesus went through the lowest. He was treated like the lowest of the lows before he ascended to become the king of kings. So contradiction is often the forerunner to breakthrough. Contradiction does not mean no. In fact, when you step out in God, sometimes things get worse before they get better. I remember, uh, you know, uh, the first time I'd heard about tithing, again about Thirty years ago, I'm like, I'm going to go for this. I had all of the promises. I had so much faith, and I started tithing, and literally, it was like the plug at the bank was pulled out, and all of my money was sucked out. I literally just went into debt overnight. It, it, things got worse in my job. I'm like, what on earth is happening? Here? It got worse before it got better. There was a contradiction before I got the breakthrough. So. Sometimes things get worse before they get better. So you have to remember that what you can see with your eyes has nothing to do with what you can see with your spirit. Your spirit can sense the truth that your eyes often can't see. So I'm going to close this tonight, and then we're going to start to pray for some people. And thank you so much for creating just a beautiful backdrop and keeping the anointing alive and and, and fresh in this place. And I just want to remind you as I close this that struggle is not your enemy. It may in fact be the indicator that things are about to change. And and I believe there's going to be some radical change in some people's lives. It may be the key that will open the door to your promise. But you have to remember that breakthrough takes time. That doubt is the enemy of a promise and that promise is often preceded by contradiction. So Father, tonight as we wrap this up, as we bring this preaching part of the word to a close, Lord, I just pray that you would drop seeds into our heart. You would enable those who are going through things at this time, Lord, that they would leave this place stronger. They'd leave this place with a strategy. They'd leave this place with an expectation that you are on the move and you are doing great things in their life, that this is not the end, that it's just the beginning. I'd love everybody just to keep their eyes closed for a bit. Just before we pray, I, I don't know everybody here, but I just want to ask the question just for a moment. So if you're here tonight, maybe this is your first time, maybe you've been coming for a while, maybe you grew up in church, but if you are not right with God, if you are not in right standing with God, if you couldn't say that you had a relationship, a true relationship with Jesus Christ, if you were... Asked, or if you were to leave this earth tonight, do you have the 100% conviction that that you would be heaven bound? That you have accepted the price that Jesus paid for your sin? And if if you are, if you can't say yes to that, if you, if you know you're not right with God, I want to pray for you right now. And we want to give you a Bible. We want to give you some information. But most of all, we want to pray because. It is through believing in your heart that Jesus Christ is who He said He is and He did what He said He did. And through confessing that, that relationship is either started or restored.